Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, how's it going? And welcome to episode number 44 of Someone Who Isn't Me. My guest on this episode is Villa Vallo, Finnish singer, songwriter, musician and typographer. On not just the eve of the release of his debut solo album, Neon Noir, under the moniker VV, but also the eve of the new year, as it is December 31st, as I record this. Most of you will probably know Villa as the debonair frontman of love metal creators Him, which drew its last breath five years ago today, as I record this actually on December 31st, 2017. Uh, And I felt like this was the best way to move into 23, which is an auspicious number, obviously. But even though on the last episode that I did with Eric from Watain, I said at the end that the next episode to come after that would be with uh, Thomas Huck of Meshuggah. Uh, that one's going to come after this one, as it seemed like the conversation with Villa was the best way to move into a new year. As it's a time of looking ahead and making plans and resolutions and stuff, which is something I'm not normally into, but, you know, getting old, aren't I? So I thought I'd take stock for a moment. I know one of the resolutions should be to make these podcasts more of a regular event rather than something I do every six months or so but it's something I do purely for myself with the thought that you might also enjoy it rather than a project that I do to kind of try and build into something bigger to be honest I don't really feel the need for it to be anything more than a place where you can hear like a hopefully interesting conversation with an artist once every few months it is what it is but yeah one resolution for 23 should probably be do more episodes of swim um secondly would definitely be (laughs) to finish the Bodies of Change album. And you may have heard me talk about that elsewhere, but it's a project that myself and Craig, who hosts the Downbeat podcast, have been working on for over a year. He and I got all the music finished, actually, in, in like a couple of months. It seems that other things have s- slowed it down somewhat. But for those interested, it's rooted in gothic post-punk and black metal with these kind of expansive and cinematic moments, I guess. The person who was originally going to be singing in it and who was basically the reason that the project was taking a minute is now no longer involved. And myself and Craig have asked Debbie Goff of Harriet to kindly step in and sing on the record, which she's graciously accepted to do. And I think giving the whole thing another lift in vitality and a bit of a different energy and the stuff that Deb's already started sending over, the ideas and whatnot are sounding super exciting. It was like, I don't know, some real dead can dance meets wolves in the throne room via Deftones vibes to it all. But um, 
So rather appropriately, it'd probably be worth mentioning that, that one of the few guest contributors on the record is Villa, who recently turned in a really beautiful realisation of a pretty shaky and rather bleak idea that I sent across to him. So yeah, back to the task at hand. In this episode, Villa and I discuss the ending of his band, Him, which was something that he'd done for over 25 years. And so stepping forward with this new album was uh, and project was something that was obviously very daunting and also exciting for him. He recorded the record entirely alone um, with not only him singing, but also playing everything on the record during the pandemic. And it's a fantastic album that is something of a bridge between his career with his old band and the future, I think. If you don't already know, I'm suspecting that most people listening to this are going to be a regular listeners of the podcast. So are going to be aware of who Villa is anyway, but also his fan base who are, uh, and I include myself in this somewhat obsessive in their pursuit of all things him, pardon the pun. Um, so yeah, there's several singles out already. The album Neon Noir is due out January the 13th, 2023 on Universal and Spine Farm. So during this conversation, which is about an hour, we talk about the making of the record the archetypal forces of Thanatos and Eros that make up the creative of that is love metal. Um, and I feel like this record is a continuation of, and also the ending of him, the power of the graphic sigil that is the heartogram and a bunch of other stuff beside, I think. Recorded in a noisily air-conditioned room at Spine Farm Records, the audio quality could definitely be a touch better, but I think if you can get past that, it's a conversation that you might enjoy. This is episode 44 of Someone Who Isn't Me with Villa Vallo. Yeah, and like I said, this has obviously been something you've been doing for days, so I don't yeah, know how. It's, it's a bit of a challenge because I always find it as a, it needs to be, you need to challenge yourself to be able to tell the same story from many, many a different perspective. That's the only thing that makes sense for the writer and, and it gives the brain, you flex the muscle. You work on the architecture of uh, thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but don't you find that I always have found, and I was guilty of it myself as well when anyone actually cared, that I would be doing interviews. And it's very easy that once you ask the same question again, to just fall into the rut that you've literally carved over the last week or so. Isn't that the, the story of my life sort of thing with all the rock and rollers? It's with music, it's whatever you do. Mm. It's, it's so easily, easily become, become this robot you know, repeating whatever you do. But I, I tried to do that on purpose, sort of like, you know, break the glass. You know, yeah. If at all possible, but easier, easier said than done. And then there's good things to be said about routine, that you know certain things so you don't have to think about them. You can concentrate on the essential. So it's a fine line. What's automatic, what's automated, and what's real. So, yeah, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, but I find it challenging trying to, and also it's interesting linguistically, and you know, but, but, you know, it, it gets the lexicon going. You now I'm googling weird words out, and like the pop up in conversations and stuff. And because yeah. also these are topics that I haven't discussed in any language with anybody really before. You know, of course I've discussed music. Yeah. I've discussed, um, but not with this new album, and not, not with the new me, so to speak. So, uh, and after after the pandemic, I didn't when I was working on the album, I didn't really discuss. I didn't verbally communicate the ideas I had to anybody. I just played the finished stuff, which is cool and very different to me because I've never experienced it before. Yeah, but I guess that's the, that's the beauty and also the, the problem. Not yeah. problem, 
if, but if, the if downside. It, if a sword doesn't have two, edge, uh, two edges, it's not a sword. That's my motto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, that, that's something I, I, I mean, we might as well get into this now anyway, but, and we can talk about, I do want to speak about it chronologically, but at the same time, we're already here talking about making the record, so let's talk about that. Well, 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 I guess so the it, time is rarely linear when it comes to all this stuff, because it's all informed by everything that's happened before and probably the stuff that will happen. Yeah. You know. And that's the only way of, uh, I think, finding fascination in life in general. You have to keep the magic going, whatever it takes. Hmm. Well, with a K or without a K, it doesn't really matter. You know, that's, that's not the point. Yeah, it, I prefer with, but yeah. Uh, as I would have assumed. assumed yeah, yeah, yeah. cliche. I, I don't mind the rabbit either. So, uh, so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, so, that's, yeah, the top hat and the rabbit, it is a rabbit hole. Yeah. To, at the end of the day, so wow. there is that. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is interesting because we're already getting into everything that I want to talk about over the next sort of 40 minutes to an hour, however long we're going to get. So let's... So it'll be the first silent show. We've done yeah. everything in five yeah, minutes. Exactly. And just um, yeah, let's, let's just get into working on the record because obviously after the, the period of, of the band finishing and then you did the agent stuff, mm -hmm. which was from my perspective, having not known the context of what that was, yeah. was kind of not jarring but but surprising because i guess the thing is is if it's so culturally specific mm -hmm. yeah that was something that i obviously had no reference for which is good i think yeah i, I think it's good too because it wasn't meant for international consumption yeah so to speak it was uh, it was meant for my parents at the end of the day because that's yeah. the music i grew up with and th that they listened to and i still have the vinyl to prove it yeah you know the scratching ones but uh so it was like a full circle in that sort of sense, you know, thanks for bringing me here and thanks for playing all those records to me. And now I'm sort of like giving it back to you because, of course, they appreciate their rock and roll, the big, uh, the Rolling Stones fans. But, uh, but that sort of 70s, 60s Finnish pop music, that was a big deal at the time. And that was, that's, that's the sound of their youth. So it was kind of, I was hoping to be, it's like this time machine sort of a thing, that their yeah. son, son brings back nostalgia from their youth. Hmm. It's quite an interesting Terry yeah. Gilliam sort of thing thing to happen and I, yeah, I found sure. I, yeah I find it like um, and also the if you call it a 180 doing something completely different hmm. uh, with a different dynamic with a different set of rules um, the fact that it was in Finnish yeah. and um, it was it was a big deal for me because it, it was tough to go on stage without the power of the distorted guitar yeah that was really quiet very and then a lot of the songs are nearly like national anthems in Finland, so that people are very touchy when it comes to them. If you mess them up, and yeah. if you if you don't provide the, the right amount of um, the melancholy and then the sort of the the emotion. Well, I can't imagine that would have been a problem. Mm, no, but it's um it's still like um like a Fabergé egg, you know, yeah. like you're holding something very delicate and, yeah. and uh, you appreciate it and, and you want to give it all you, all you have. But so it was super well received, right? Back home, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, we, and I got the first standing ovation ever. We played at a jazz festival hmm. and, uh, you know, in front of like 20,000 people or whatever. So a lot of new experiences in that sense. Yeah. And uh, I think that that was very helpful. Plus the fact that the, the fellow in agents, Essa, is his name, the main, the head honcho. Is that the guitar player? Yes, that's Incredible the one. Incredible player. 
Yeah, he plays like a singer, you know, and he's very melodic and very, he's very, very delicate in a very yeah. non-fragile way. He's very strong with his mm. delicacies. But uh, the, uh, uh, but Esa is a great producer uh -huh. uh, and he's produced all the albums and he's an analog geek. So he does everything on tape. Um, I did my vocals for the agents out and back home. So that was my introduction to recording full album at my own pace, at yeah. my own place also. So, uh, so there was a lot of things that informed the neon noir stuff. And that's I, what, yeah, that's what I was going to ask yeah, because and, it feels and, like. Yeah, and then the fact that because he, he'd been producing a lot of stuff by himself and he's, he's a very stubborn guy. He's very sort of racehorse with the blinders on, not unlike myself. Yeah, as I didn't want to say. Yeah. I am so, smiling. So, yeah. <laughs> indeed. So, uh, so he gave me the sort of courage to think that maybe there's a chance I can pull some, some of it off. But it wasn't a fully-fledged idea for the whole album at first. It started from the point of, would I be able to create a new song? Not mm -hmm. even record it, but could I you know, get a melody and a lyric to go along with a bunch of chords and a couple of riffs that would tickle my fancy and feel that I'm raising the bar, my personal, that, do, that I'm doing something new and something that's genuine and something, and something that's not. It doesn't come from the... I can't remember how the hemispheres of the brain works. Which one is the intellectual, supposedly, and which one is the artistic? Left is artistic, right? But left from whom? My or yours? Yeah. <laughs> that is so complex, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm always talking about that with doctors. You know, it's like, are you sure it's the right knee? Yeah. No, I mean the left knee. <laughs> yeah. I find it funny that you are even saying, would you be able to do these things? Because I think something that's that's been apparent as soon as the EP came out, which was the first glimpse of all of this that mm -hmm. we're talking about, but with the singles as well, is a lot of people have gone, well, it sounds like him. But that's of no surprise to a certain degree. It mm -hmm. doesn't and it does. But the core of it is, is the songs that you've written and your voice. Mm. And that's, that's what, what him was anyway. I mean, obviously, and that's not to underplay the, the importance of everybody else in that band, because each mm. one of those people really brought something to the band. And, and uh, in other words, actually, um, you can't think of it in terms that without him, I'd be here. You know what I mean? Not physically, but musically. I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't have been able to pull off the EP as it is, how it sounds with other guys in him, because we, we grew up together. We, yeah. f we sort of like um, forged the steel, so to speak, <laughs> in a very crumb way. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, but you know what I mean. So it's, a, yeah. it's, it's, it's various different processes and and, uh, and along the way. And but I, I found it really endearing. So after all this time with a clean slate, mm. I sort of like go back to my comfort zone, so to speak. Yeah. Do you think that? Yeah. I mean, I, w I would imagine that that having played with a group of guys for so long, the way that they play, regardless of the fact that you play all the instruments on the record and, ha and could play all those instruments anyway, mm. the way they played will have informed the way you play because they're the musicians that you would have been around most your entire life. Yeah, well, that's not, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, push and pull and, you know, all that sort of stuff because we learn so much from each other. And yeah. uh, me and Miguel, we met because we were bass players. Mm. Um, out of all things, you know, that's that's how we formed the whole thing back mm -hmm. in back in the day, and and uh, so there's a lot of musicianship involved as well. It's not just all about beer and, and bong hits. Yeah, you know? 
Of course. Well, it's a, you know, it's a touchy balance. Yeah, and I think that you saying about the delicacy of, of some of the agent stuff, that really has, as you said, I think that's informed this record as well, because there's moments, I feel like the, the light and shade, that sounds like a backhanded compliment because it implies that there wasn't that in, the, in him, but, and I don't mean that, but that it feels like those moments are, are even more um, amplified. Um, and it could be because um, through the experience I have with, uh, with agents, I wasn't afraid to, um, when required, to be more tender. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's no, not a lot of uh, aggressive stuff, stuff on the arm because that's, I, I wanted the arm to feel not rushed. I wanted it to feel loud, but not, I wanted it to be like a warm hug because that's how I like my music. I didn't want to sort of pretend to be Iggy Pop every third song. Yeah. You know, that's. What which word? I might have done in the past a bit, but but the um, but who, who doesn't? He is a great character, of course. Yeah. Like and Frenzy, the new single, is pretty darn amazing. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Have you heard the album yet? Yeah, no, not the whole album. Yeah. But the single's a, great. Yeah, it's a, um, he's a he's a miracle of a man. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so but it's a, I'm I'm still trying to find out though because I really went down the rabbit hole and really kept going on the entire project just by instinct. It's like, you know, you know, being in the dark, so kind of like navigating. That's where the echolocation comes in. But, uh, mm. but, but musically doing that and, and also so like um, musically meaning uh, utilizing the word muse. So trying to, you know, the whole play with the inspiration, because as you know, you, you can only keep your antennas up, sucking all the information and hope at one point that you blurt it out in a, at least a new way for yourself. And uh, yeah. that makes a reason, but you can't force it. You can't think that it's a given. Yeah, for you sure. Know. Especially in a time like the last several years. Yeah. So, I, I don't Sorry. No, no, go on. Oh, I mean, by that, I also meant that I don't consider it to be an outside force, but it's, it's a way how we react to all of it. It's the way how yeah. we forge our realities, you know, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the, our safety blanket, our filter, our way of, it, it is our lexicon. Hmm. You know, it is, I guess every person has a, has a way of doing it. And we just, we flexed that muscles for such a long time that we, we've become very good at that one thing. But then it doesn't mean, it doesn't necessarily mean they all translates well to other people, but it is essential in how we work. Yeah. And uh, very ingrained in our system and it's in stuff to let go. And of course, the grass is greener and whatever. So that's... Yeah, but that, that that's almost... Well, no, I mean, that's a naive thing to say, but it's, it's not, that's not the important thing, is it? I mean, yes, this is the commerce of, of, of creating art is an important thing because that's how you live. But, but regardless... That's not how you live, that's how you make a living. There's quite a difference. Yeah, okay, correct. I, I don't want to be picky, but... No, no, I no, just no, 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 that, no, you're right. But, but that was what I was implying. I apologise, you're right. That is a very specific... <laughs> difference but the carpets are there for a reason <laughs> yeah for sure but but the art that you make you're saying whether it connects with other people um some of it does and some of it doesn't but that's that's neither here nor there because it's as much as the process of making it and especially for the person making it you know you could you could you could have made and i'm sure you have made several albums that were sat 
on hard drives or several songs, shall we say, mm. that will sit there that will never see the light of day, but they, they serve their purpose. They mm -hmm. were a stepping stone to, yeah. to where you are now mm. or, or just to try out other things that might, a fraction of it might appear Yeah, you need to get the plumbing straight. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I always go. Yeah, everybody, I've never understood it when bands say that they write a hundred songs for an album and then they choose the best ones and they record all of them. I think it's a waste of space. You know, you know if it's shit, if it's poop, you throw it away, and you, you it's yeah, important. Yeah, but you know, I think they serve I, I, a purpose still. I was just about to say the process of creating right. a song that doesn't feel right. Of course, it, it's a big learning lesson because then you know about what feels right, what mm. doesn't feel right, and I, I think in. We're using different terminology, but I think we're talking about exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I, I think in those terms that everything serves a purpose, always. Yeah. All the mistakes, in, because mistakes, all the mistakes we make, that's how we build ourselves. That's how we develop. So in that sense, it's also the whole neo-noir aspect is to, it's about the black celebration of things, you know, celebrate the shit, so to speak. Yeah. I think it's important because without that, it'd be all sunshine and ice cream, you know, who'd like that? Well, for two weeks, it's fine. That's well, why yeah, people yeah. go on holiday. As long as there's a shade. <laughs> yeah, of course. When you did the EP, which was what? 2020. 2020, March. Yeah. They came um, out right when the lockdown started. Yeah. yeah. It was a and it was cool process because we did it before talking to any record labels or anybody. Mm. And uh, by we, I mean me and Antti, mm. uh, my manager. And uh, we were there like uploading ourselves via DistroKid. Uh, we thought that it's a good idea to let people hear the music and then also record labels, if you consider them people, um, to hear the music so people c would get a fair chance of sort of like seeing if they think it's something they can work with or if people find it, you know, enjoyable. I, th I thought it would be fair because the only thing, you know, when we're talking about being in front of class, I hate yeah. that and especially I hate bragging about things I haven't still done. Like, yeah, I've got this beautiful album in me. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So just give me a ton of money and, and it'll come out sometime. So I thought to, I needed a sort of like skeletal deadline for myself and start from somewhere that's concrete and it's real and it's happening. And, uh, and uh, I thought that that was the best way to go because it also forced my hand into completing the album because the sort of like I threw the first snowball, so to speak, yeah. off the, uh, on, off the, from the top of a hill. And uh, you have to do that at times. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that without deadlines, I don't function. Yeah, no, I hear that. So the EP, how much of the rest of it was of the album was was already coming into play before before that came out, or was it one of those things where that came out, as you said, to not test the water, but yeah, kind of, mm -hmm. and then build from that, or or was there was there like a, a, I think I had high hopes. But I, I wasn't certain about anything because honestly, I had only had few friends here that was like Miguel hmm. who liked it. And then uh, Anto, the first keyboard player of, uh, yeah. of him. Uh, so he came along, he listened to it. My girlfriend dug it, but then it's always weird with my girlfriend because we're so close. So it's, you know, you, you don't really know, you know, if she likes it or not, or whatever, <laughs> if it makes any sense. But, uh, yeah. but uh, uh, so I didn't, I honestly didn't know how people are going to react to it, if it's any good, because I, I've been living in my own little world for such a, such a, like those few months before uh, the pandemic hit proper. And then, so, so I think the main work started right after the EP, so like it became real. All of a sudden people started talking about it and, mm. and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and a radio started playing it in Finland, which was a big deal for me. It, 
because it felt that. But that was that a surprise? Uh, of course it was. Why? It's been a while. Then again, hey, you, got, you have to remember the fact that even though I did write um, the music for him, I was in the band for such a long time that it's impossible to say what are all the factors that influence the success of an act. Of course. So it's hard for me to see the forest for that sort of particular set of trees. Hmm. So, um, so I think it was a very healthy mental exercise as well. To, you know, to put the whole thing out and just risk it and, and go, go, go with it and go with the flow. And if it doesn't work, then figure something else out. But I, I thought that that's the only realistic way to make it happen. Yeah. And then go back into the darkness, into the cold chamber. I call my studio <laughs> and yeah. uh, shut all the windows and, and uh, be all morose and, and come up with the rest of the album. But also... How easy was that during the lockdown? It was terribly hard. But I think, I, I think like everybody, I had... I had the longest one month, like I remember, was it 20, I think it was 2020, like in the, in the autumn or whatever, when everything just kept pushed back and pushed mm. back and, and uh, you know, people were double locking their doors. Uh, and uh, uh, I had those moments of like not being able to really, or not wanting to get up a bed at all for a month. Yeah. And that's sort of like, it felt drained and that really, started to make me believe in this sort of collective consciousness way more. I think it was a great example of it, wasn't it? Because you could, yeah, because you could, you could really feel it on, on, on so many different levels. And that, that was beautiful as well, because that means we do share things. Yeah. And people do feel similar things, even if yeah, it but that shouldn't be a surprise because you make art. You know that already. You've witnessed it. It doesn't hurt. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm hoping for another pandemic. That's not what I mean by it. No, no, but of course I'm, not. I was but what, I, to, what I mean yeah. is that yes. you to say that there's this almost surprising revelation that 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 there is the collective unconscious, that we react to things. Maybe um, a confirmation. Yeah. And okay. I th th thought also that uh, a confirmation for maybe some people who haven't really thought about it before, who are mm. not involved in the arts, but still could sort of absorb the communal vibe and the sort of... Because I think it was global at the end of the day. Yeah. It felt that people were very connected. And it felt, I don't know, it, it's, a, it's a sort of new feeling to me. Yeah. There was a glimpse of that when September 11th happened. Yeah, I remember sure. that, those, that those days passed. There was something that brought everybody together on a very profound level. Yeah. And it's almost as if those traumatic events are... <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Saying, yeah, I know. I was going to disappear down the wormhole. Yeah, but, I know. but those those traumatic events have a, a huge impact on the psyche of the of the planet, and and you know whether that's intended or not is a different thing altogether. But it's definitely a thing. <laughs> well put. <laughs> um, so. And, and I remember when, when I came over to yours recently, we were talking about the whole thing about like working in solitude mm -hmm. and, and, and the, the parallel of, of, of the lockdown. It's like I, I personally found that the whole thing of like, oh, you can't go out. You've got to stay in and you've got to just get on with your day at home. It's like, well, that's, that's kind of the norm anyway for, yeah, I, I didn't, for people I, in that situation that make art. I don't think that that was problematic at all. Yeah. You know, I, I sort of like have this allergy towards human, <laughs> humans, anyway, the human species, you know. So, uh, but, uh, but I think the problem was what we just discussed before, the sense 
of the sort of like brooding sense of the impending doom or whatever it was. Yeah. It's sort of like the the mood. It was in the ether. Yeah. And that was the thing. I didn't mind it at all being at home. It was inspiring. Uh, I think what 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 happened was when it wasn't the you know when it wasn't like a you know like an energy vampire. You know, when I was able to get out of bed and yeah. start doing something, I think what it did, and I think maybe it is important, and it's the good thing about testing times, is the fact that it does bring the age-old important core questions on the table. Why do I do this? What makes me do this? What do I want to get out of it? Does it make any sense? What the hell am I doing on this planet? Does this life make any sense? Hmm. Is all this a pretend? Just trying to find an excuse to exist. I think that those questions are very naive, but they're very endearing and they're very true and pure. And their and their direct lineage is to early teenage years. Yeah. Sort of like trying to figure it all out. There's the thing I know. There's no answers, but it's just having very clear and unadulterated minutes or seconds of that feeling coming back to you. Because there was no other distractions, I guess that was the thing as well that enhanced because the doors were closed. So all of a sudden, you were more sensitive to the, you know, the little things in life, yeah. and the things out, you know, started popping out of the psyche that normally don't have the space because of all the noise. Yeah. So whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I think you have to. I think one has to work their way around it anyway, one way or the other. Yeah. You know? And did you find that writing in that period was? Uh, easier or was were things because you you mentioned earlier that that you don't see uh, see it as an exterior thing and yet we're talking about at the same time we're talking about the effects on the psyche at large and how mm -hmm. how that affected everybody and how and and obviously but that's our way that's that's our way of interpreting it or hmm. maybe they're wiser men who know that who can <laughs> who can uh, show us the same thing in ones and zeros on an app. I don't know. Hmm. I don't claim to know to have an answer. But uh, that's, I think we see and feel those things quite similarly. Yeah. And uh, that's where the that's where the interior and the exterior collide, right? Yeah. So they're more or less, you know, part of the same puzzle anyway. But yeah. uh, I, I found it incredibly, incredibly hard to to work on the music. I found it really, you know, exhausting and very um, um, yeah, it, it was very tough, but I think it should be. That's that's the age-old adage about suffering poets or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, what do you call that thing? Oh yeah, the yeah. It's, it starts with a C. Silice, silice. I don't know how to pronounce it. Mm. It's an Italian word, I guess. Mm. But it actually, probably came from uh, Latin. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it, this it, you don't do that on purpose. You don't like you know do that sort of within then. Thing, uh, on purpose, but uh, I think it, I think some people do. I I think I've done it like that when I'm 17 or something or 18 yeah. because we thought we had to do it. It's the same as sort of you need to be Bukowski to write anything cool, you know? Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> I sort of like learned that it's not the best idea in my early 40s. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, no, yeah, in for my sure. 30s, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, yeah, it was it, it was complex. I think it, it was for me personally, it was obviously the situation in the world, but it was the fact that I wanted to show myself I could do it, which is a lot, the, all the uncertainty that, that goes with it. And then the fact that uh, that it was something I did for the first time without him. So like mm. a lot of phantom limbs hanging about, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and that makes it a super, super interesting, intriguing, new 
and fresh experience after it all. But it didn't, that doesn't mean that it was nice. Yeah, I agree. And the, the thing is that I've noticed with you and have commented to you is that you can't, a lot of people that if they were in that position and had achieved something great as you have, they would then go like this with it and now let everybody else do their role out, oh. outside of the, the creation of the work. Right. But you, you haven't, <laughs> you haven't done that. You've literally, I haven't been able to let go. Every single facet of everything. And, and I've, I said, I said to you, I've never met another artist that, that, that is so involved in the minutiae of everything to do with that work. And I said, I, I remember distinctly saying to you, you know, you can let other people do this and do that because other people delegate. And I think your response was, that's because other people don't care as much. Well, that's quite right, isn't it? So, and then, what, what, talking about like the cover art and stuff like that, I, what I found interesting is it's, it's a learning process for me, not unlike working the Elm. You know, recording for the first time. Like, so, like talking more in depth about typesets and and sort of the whole way of how nobody else is creating their own font for the artwork. Isn't is, is that cool? <laughs> it and, is and, super cool. And, I love it. And, and, but no one else is doing that. You do well, realize that. Well, somebody has to. So of course. Let me lead the way of the font making <laughs> rock and rollers. You know, typographer. Yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah, typographer negative or yeah, whatever. And you can nice. make something work some cool wordplay out of that. Okay, which but, brings uh, me to this, which is what I wanted to talk about is that um there's so much I mean it's it's a it's something that you you love clearly, is that you're you're a uh, a logophile and a lover of words. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All right. Uh and and this record highlights that. I mean, it's all it's always done that because you've always been a great lyricist, and we can talk about the the themes that I want to. This was actually the third part of something I wanted to discuss, but we're already there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of like really arcane words and these words that transform and portmanteau and, and whatnot with in vertigo eyes with profound discotheque and etc. Oh, right. These little moments that I think are, are really like really funny but also really, really smart, which I really appreciate, obviously. And, and I wanted to talk about the writing process because obviously Alan Moore has very famously described writing as a magical exercise. You're and, creating something out of nothing. And that's how I found the whole... To the point where he's, he's so specific about, you know, the root of the word for, spell, for spelling and spells. I remember, yeah, I remember mm. that, yeah. I've read some of the interviews and yeah. I heard your show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one has to do that on an occasion. Yeah, I apologize. So tell me a little bit about um, the writing process, because I remember when you were you were sending me lyrics in twenty one. Perhaps it was then. Yeah. yeah, and you were sending things through. I don't know, just for me to look at and go. No, I was just like, you know, if there's some glaring weird stuff, you would point out. Because when you, when you, because the thing is that you want to get lost in your own world because yeah. it's all about world making, isn't of course. it? At the end of the day, yeah. you get better at it, you know. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I find the best way of exp- explaining all of this, what I'm doing, is that him were the hobbit to my Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so, you know, on all levels, it's funny. And kind of true, you know, yeah. in a sort of weird way. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you have to get lost in your world, but that means you don't have any perspective, nor should you. That's the important thing. You're one with the art. Isn't that why we kind of, that was, yeah. that was the thing I basically learned with this album for the first time. I never had so many goosebumps working on, working on the music because I didn't have to stop. I didn't have to be considerate to anybody. I didn't have to verbally explain what I wanted sound-wise. Mm. I was able just to follow the instinct. And kind of like the, I was brainstorming with the melodies. Likewise, I was brainstorming with the words. They were my companions. Because mm. as you know, words, uh, Genesis used to talk, about, to talk about it as well, that words are like, they are sigils and they're portals. And they open up doors to other levels of, not necessarily consciousness, but other realities in terms of um, well, we're all existing with our own reality. Yeah, and and it's such a weird, like not a memory palace, but a, a sort of a, it has sort of architecture when it comes to it because the, the more we get to breathe on the planet, it's, it seems that I'm big on association games, like associating, you know, sort of synesthetic way of uh, uh, of I don't claim to have synesthesia, but um, but little melodies combined with certain words take me back to certain moments. And w- with, with my experience now, is particularly on this particular album, is that back in the day, I was able to go back to that moment with certain melodies. But now I can take that moment back to the present and I can modify it and alter it. And I can more tenderly attend to its needs. Why I'm doing so, I don't know. Because it feels good. Because it... Um, gives me something I haven't experienced before, which means also that I feel that I'm doing something right. It tickles me in the right spots. Yeah. And that, that's, it's a kind of, I've never experienced that because normally in a band it's, as you should know as well, it's a set of compromises. It's not negative ones, but you're always thinking about the others and you're always, and you're, you never get truly lost in your own head and in your own sort of world. So I, I, but basically I had created a world with him, I never got to inhabit. How so? Because, because, because of everybody else's involvement. Yes, but, and, but and I'm, that's not a complaint. I thought that it was a nice way of sort of explaining some, something that has um, bloomed, come to fruition before, uh, before but I, I never had the chance to really, you know, Enjoy. Get all, yeah, yeah, enjoy the fruits of the garden. No, 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 yeah, no. But, no. you know, yeah, should look for something like silly and 1600, 1600, sort of like poetic, like 
the Edens and whatnot. Well, whatever. That's another topic. But, but I guess there was a sense of that. So with, with him, I've been able to work on my creative muscles hmm. on, on various levels for the past 25 years. And then now I was able to sort of like let them all go and, and, and be at ease and, and uh, have total free freedom with it all. Yeah. And the only, only restriction, restriction or the restricting factor was myself, which is quite nice because I'm a person anyway. I'm not an endless idea machine or I don't know how to play all the instruments or you have to figure it out. Yeah. You know, if a riff is too hard, make it easier. <laughs> yeah. You're not happy. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's funny yeah. because yeah. like with, with I, I want to talk some more about lyrics and, and themes and whatnot, but but it, this is a good point to point out that that the the instrumental moment on the record of of Xena Solitaire mm. is is exactly what you're talking about. Essentially, the idea of or I I well that's how I see it. I mean, it's again, it's another play on words. But anyone that knows that those Xena cards are mm -hmm. uh, are a test of of two people's psychic ability. Mm -hmm. They're the wavy lines and the square and the stars. Blah 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 blah, mm -hmm. and 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 also and there's the Zena diode compression, so uh, there was also that level yeah. because I was I was recording the stuff by myself. So yeah. there's always a few things going on. Hopefully, yeah. But I find course. it I find it exciting. I find that me being the outsider uh, when it comes to English language, it gives me sort of freedom not to take it too seriously. Yeah, but your your understanding of it is so it outstrips so many people whether where it's their first language. It's but I think that. That maybe has to do with the uh, with just the themes, because I've developed my vocabulary around a certain theme more or less for a long, long time, and it's yeah. it's a theme that not not a lot of people need to, thankfully enough, need to really, <laughs> they don't need to convert converse, you know, in those in those, in that manner. Yeah, but I guess so. Another thing about uh, about the about Zena Solitaire that I wanted to mention was it has a very like um. I think you write lyrically, cinematically. You're very visual in your lyrics, yeah. and, there, and there are, and we'll get to that in a sec. But that, but that piece is so cinematic, and it really reminds me of like a, um, a those kind of giallo films. You know, the Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As it should, yeah. Yeah, and I'm a huge so fan of Goblin and, and all that. Yeah, is that something that you'd want to do more of, in in the sense of doing a, a lot of songs, I think in uh, vocal melodies and, and whatnot. A lot of times when writing songs, I think them first as instrumentals, hmm. and I'm working the vocal melodies. Everything I like, I like stuff to be haunting, and usually that afterwards I just mess it up by singing them, <laughs> take all the feeling out of it. But uh, but I do have a punchline when it comes to Zena Solitaire, which is the fact that it does have lyrics, and there. Uh, they're engraved on the dead wax on all the sides of the LP. Nice. And on Baby Like Marion, I sing about the dead wax poetry. Yeah. And waltzing to it. And huh. it's my way of hats off to Led Zeppelin and the whole, whole, it's not even a genre, the whole world of rock music and all the mysticism in it and all the stuff, we, all, the, all the reasons why we love it. Yeah. All the crazy weird stuff that makes it makes us all spooked out. Yeah, so. that's the stuff I love. Yeah. I, indeed, but you know, the, the, the other, so to speak. But yeah. you, you gotta check out when it comes out of press, the present plan. It's uh, the lyrics are spread around uh, all the sides. That's great. I think it's like, fade to black and blue along with these dreams of you. My, uh, my Nepenthe, it's Nepenthe, 
hold on, I can't remember my own lyrics. And it's a fun. Uh, my Nepenthian nightcap for the soul. So, I fade to black and blue along with these dreams of you. My Nepenthian nightcap for the soul. Nice. I thought it was quite, you know, Nepenthian nightcap is nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of great lyricism within it. I think there is a certain amount of, of almost synesthesia, or I find it when I'm writing, I, I find it very, maybe that's because I'm, I paint a bit and have like a very visual interpretation of things. I mean, quite literally, but also when writing lyrics mm. and music, I, I see it very visually and, and themes. Do you find that? Because it seems so. And, and there's even like a couple of moments where it's, it's, playfully pointing to that like obviously with 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 the clothes on vertigo eyes and the hitchcockian reference and then in um yeah the dolly zoom which then transforms into dolly zoom but then also in um in forever lost where where there's um about sadako eyes which i assume is a, a ring reference it is indeed that kind of i'm assuming it's that yeah yeah you got it right is that how you see things when, I was, I was when thinking, you write? I was thinking when, you, when we talked about painting a bit and yeah. seeing things visually, I, I, I thought that it's, um, it's not seeing, it's about feeling. Yes. And I think that that feeling is the same when it comes to music and visual art. Hmm. It's a strong feeling. So, so I, don't, I don't think, you know, within ourselves, you know, if you think the thought red, it doesn't necessarily mean the color we get to see here because it's such an emotive, Thing. It resonates on various different levels. Yeah. You know, and all, all the different facets of blood and wine and everything between all the flowery little things and, and all that. And when it all comes all the time together, that creates those weird moments that then you start, you know, building from, I guess. Yeah. But I just think, uh, weird meandering answer to that one, but it was, um, I, w- I was just thinking in terms of not consciously thinking about in cinema terms or visually, but rather just, you know, closing your eyes and feeling the whole thing. I think they're all part of the same thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's the inner turmoil or the drama, the maelstrom within us all, that sort of stance. And we're just trying to accentuate it and maybe light it di- from different angles. And uh, yeah, but it's, it's the same spark, more or less. Yeah, I find it easier personally to, to vocalize that. I mean, it's about poor choice with music, mm. I think rather than painting because it's, uh, I, I, I don't know, it's a, that's a unending fight. But um, I've never seen a person get depressed within, <laughs> within a sentence. Sudden avalanche of acceptance of failure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Understanding uh, where you really belong <laughs> and who you really are. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. I should that, that, at this point. That, I that was your do. midlife crisis. Now you're <laughs> right done with then, it. Yeah. yeah. You watched it happen in real time <laughs> so obviously the, the theme that's been part of the lyric and the cornerstone of what what became love metal is obviously love and death and and off the back of that sex and death i guess um and that survived past him and is very apparent within this record as well because there's there's those the polarity and not just not just lyrically but i think sonically as well because there's mm-hmm. moments where there's the, the the songs are really really dark but mm-hmm. are, are actually light-footed, sonically speaking, more upbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, 
I started thinking about that because obviously that I think as you were saying that your um, the way that you write has been informed particularly by certain things that you've that you've grown up on and, and I assume you, you mean like a taste in literature and poetry etc etc hmm. um, but but I like I started thinking about it in a more sort of arcane sort of archetypal way in in the sense that someone like Peter Carroll Mm. The cultist, I'm sure you're aware yeah. of, coined the term Thanateros. I think it was him that coined it, which is which is this idea of which in itself is a portmanteau of of love and death, mm. and um, but not like a product of the two, more like a kind of alchemical fusing rebus of the two things, which is what I think has been the core of of what you do a lot of the time, specifically lyrically, but I think sonically as well. Discuss. <laughs> Oh, that's a lot to absorb. Yeah, but yeah, I, so I, I think you got it right. Minute. And then, from I think the maybe the, maybe the the starting point should be the starting point. Meaning, well, I'm trying to figure out why there was a decision for me to try to use that sort of imagery, hmm. and uh, and why I'm still doing it. Why I'm still doing it is clear for me personally because they're so multi multifaceted or multi tentacled or whatever, you know, both love and death, they keep on changing. And they're, the, they're actually the constants that do keep on changing. You keep on learning, learning about new things about them and the new ways of how they manifest, their, manifest themselves. And, uh, and thus, they are forever interesting and forever, yeah. you know, yeah, they, they, yeah I, I still get inspired by it. And they're the constants. They're like, they're sort of like the... You know, they are the polar opposites, but they're not the polar yeah. opposites. They're exactly the conjoint twins in a way. And, and, uh, and yeah, they're I twin don't, pillars with a archway across. It's, well, that's such a lovely way to put it. And I'm walking, you know. <laughs> no, it's, I think, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're true, though, that they are these polarities, but at the same time, the same thing. Or, and the little alphas and omegas, and, yeah. and the whole. And the, but then again, the linearity, and this is where we're discussing that. I think that because the, everything is more or less circular or happening at the same time, that all that is very interesting. I find that um, how it's like uh, some some of the Indian stuff, the, the the rebirth and destruction, because they're they in essence they're the same thing as well. Yeah, because you know you can't have it all. You have, to, you have to uh, make space for new things as well at times, and, and uh, that brings up tears to a lot of people's eyes at times as well. Yeah. So, you know, about letting go at right times. So, but it's just, I, I guess it's just a vocabulary. I find, I find them mine. You know, it's a, th that's the symbolism I've used for a long time, but I feel, my, I feel very comfortable with that. And I, I can't see the world in any other way. That's the uh, terrible, it's like a gilded cage, uh, building your own world because it's tough to get out from there. You really don't want to, but of course you'd like to see from the other side, you know, at least a blink, you know, a little sort of second. Yeah, which is why we keep building out and making it bigger and feel less. It's a, it's a complicated topic. And then it's one of, one of those things that it's a, if it's a gift that keeps on giving you, you really don't want to <laughs> look the, you know, how, how was it the gift for in the mouse or whatever. Yeah. You know, you have to be, sort of respectful, not to be overly rock and roll about that. Yeah. Leave, leave space for things to grow. 
How, how do you write when you write? I know that's a really complicated and almost stupid question. Well, it's definitely a stupid question, but I'm curious, do you, do you, is there a certain amount of, because, because the lyrics are so specific at times in their um, wordplay, um, it almost feels, even though they're, they're as we're saying, they're, they're, they're following these two currents, so like they're archetypes and, and, and flow together and you've always used those. And I think on this particular album, there's a lot of parallel stories. So it can be heartfelt and it can be heartbreaking while being funny. So they're not separate, like in life. Yeah. They're not separate. So that's something I maybe even consciously try to work on. So like understand the fact that while I was writing something that felt heartbreaking to me, understand how silly it is to do so. You know, being being the old me and all that stuff, you know, the sort of like the vanitas, vanitatum sort of thing, which is, I find it's exhilarating, it's funny, and uh, it's still quite endearingly blue-eyed. And trying to have those things happen at the same time. And maybe when we started with him, it was a one song was kind of easier going and one song was heavier going. And then we started bringing that together bit by bit. But this, now it's all happening at the same time, which I find interesting for myself because I'm an indecisive bastard and don't know how I should feel at every given moment. So now I have the opportunity of feeling it all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm playing safe, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, but then that's that's going to change as soon as you start touring because then not only it, will it's not it's not as simple because I, because I sing a song it doesn't mean that it'd be like that Marillion album where there's uh, double grooves on the last side so it has a happy and a sad ending and it's depending on chance yeah. what you're going to hear. It's not it's not like that. It's uh, it's it's way more random, and as we people we can be dancing and crying at the same time. And sure. we can we can feel we even us men we can multitask when it comes to thought processes. <laughs> Some of us. <laughs> yeah, come on. But you know what I mean. I, I think it's uh, that's those are the finer aspects, and that's that's maybe the seasoning you learn along the way by shuffling in the kitchen for way too long. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The pots and pans. Are you looking forward to playing all this live? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, why not? It sounds great, and it sounds like a continuation from where I, where I come from, and it sounds uh, it sounds right. Yeah, and that's that's kind of you can't hope for more. That all of a sudden, when at rehearsals with with the lads back back in Helsinki, started working on the stuff, it just has has a flow between the old stuff, and it sort of brings it all together. It's like the glue between all the hymn songs and and then the future, and it feels right, and it sounds good, and it makes me smile. Which is, uh, which is something you, uh, a you can't take for granted, and something you don't know in advance how it's going to turn out. Yeah. Especially with this album, since I worked on it by myself, I didn't have the slightest idea how it's going to work live and how it's going to be, how the instrumentation uh, instrumentation is going to work. Hmm. So, um, so has that been an easy process? It's taken a lot of time, but uh, it's not a hard process. It's just uh, I don't know how to stretch time. You know, that's that's how, that's how I feel that if there would be a way. Well, I think I think that's what any kind of creative activity is doing, personally. But well, I know what you mean. Yeah, but still, and, and all of it gets done. That's the funny thing. It's like it's like moving. You know, when when you're moving house, and you have your friends like whatever SUV, you open up the hatch. You think there's no way we're gonna fit that thing there. You can always fit everything in there, and it's always half an inch that you wouldn't have been able to fit it in there. 
that's that's like that's magic. <laughs> that's the magic with a K of moving. Yeah, houses. <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's miraculous, you know, because I've never been in a situation where I don't get stuff done. Hmm. I'm always rushing, I'm late or whatever, but it always gets done on time. Yeah. So, so yeah. far, knock on wood. But, uh, but yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff. I like all the lyrical stuff and all that. It's it's because I I truly got lost in the whole lyric making thing as well. Um, I was really following the muse, and so that it's very hard. There's no rhyme or reason when a lyric all of a sudden moves. How the sentiment flows. How they sort of like how you move from the matters of the heart to the matters of the intellect within a, a word or two. Yeah. And how it comes back and why it does come back. And I think that's the subconscious at work. And yeah. that's, that's, I think, the be most beautiful thing about creation is when you can, when you're surprised. It doesn't have to, and that has actually to do with the process you talked about, writing shit songs. Mm. It's that it doesn't matter at that point. It doesn't matter. The, the end result is just a proof you've done something. That you haven't just been somewhere else completely. Yeah. It's not just, um, just a fully mental decline. Was it actually yeah, like lifting weights almost. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, and how how are the songs fitting together amongst? Because obviously it was made clear that there's going to be a certain amount of hymn songs within the the live set. Yeah, it's going to be half and half. And we, I'd like to see. I think it works great. Um, I'd like to see the zigzagging between the old and the new. So it's. It's all in the back to back. So it's not as if we'd be pl playing like the new album and then an encore of hymn songs. Yeah. I've always hated that. So I think, it, especially in this case, because it does have um, like the. It's almost like holding a crowd to hostage, I feel, to a certain degree, if, yeah. if that's yeah. how they're inclined. So that's, yeah, well, yeah, that's a nice way to put it, you know. But uh, I think it's just shit. But, yeah. but, but I think that that's a good way to give people the chance to hear, hear the new songs because it's like albums like you release a or him released love metal and then the next album was a reflection of that and then the next of course you know sound wise and you can do the same thing on gigs you can hopefully give new reflection points so to speak for the audience you know to hear rip out the wings of a butterfly right after echolocate your love then, yeah. then that gives like ah. Uh -huh. Now I see where that thing is coming from. Mm -hmm. And then you enhance it, the next song being the Forever Lost or whatever. Then like, uh, now I'm starting to get the world. Now I'm getting this new width of some odd sort of like Petulian <laughs> thing, <laughs> yeah. a width from the <laughs> northern parts of uh, Europe. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, so I think that that's really cool. Because have you already started putting this together then? You must yeah, have done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then, then because course, yeah. Then, it, then it becomes a, a one piece of work as well. Hmm. Like songwriting, like lyric writing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all that uh, that sort of puzzly aspect of it all, and I, I find it, I find it really interesting. And for whatever reason, this time around, I, I don't find it a bother. I don't find it a, a drag, which it did feel at times with him. So, so I'm, I'm kind of excited. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know just it's it's great to be able to learn something new and get excited about a thing you've been involved in for such a long time. It's, it's not a given. You, you can never tell in advance, you know. So, mm. of course, I was, I was apprehensive. Same as the sort of butterflies I do still get before the gigs or that I'm slightly nervous for, for next year, but then everything's going really well. The only thing I can do is to be the best me I can, you know, just by 
flexing my vocal cords and doing what I do. Yeah. You, know. you, you how do you feel about the the aspect of it? That I mean, I think within any band, the front man is is the key focal point anyway. But to do this as a solo project with a band of people that are not not well let's not say they're not part of it because they clearly are because they'll be playing the songs with you and yeah. they're in your band but you you know what i'm trying to say i do indeed <laughs> clumsily no that's fine so how do you feel about that oh uh, but that's the kind of thing i learned from the agents as well yeah yeah because it, it is a clearly like a elvis and the something yeah. something in the plural yeah you know? yeah yeah true a body holy and the yeah. So, um, so no, I don't find it no worries whatsoever. I, I think it's nice. I mean, because I also thought um, after him, him disbanded, I thought that the sort of the music or the sound was it, it left itself or it, it went with the band because it was so uh, that the sound of the songs and the songs themselves were ingrained in the personnel and in the sort of like the of course combo or the spirit or whatever you want to call it of mm. the band. But no, it didn't. Which which was which is cool too because we played when Love and Death Embrace with uh, the agents yeah and uh, which I actually forgot all about is I didn't realize that songs can travel like that but it doesn't really matter whom the, who who plays them you know it's yeah a, of course because the, it's the old adage of a great song is a great song regardless of how you want to dress it up and and I think but these songs are going to be in this new context I'm yeah, really I'm really keen I'm, to hear I'm really surprised they works with mediocre songs as well. <laughs> Rats. Nice. But yeah, then, what you're about to say. But you know, when you're talking about two different things, about the old songs working with the new stuff, but then again, how I'm the, feeling and, with the. But with, no, but you. So like a backing band sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, it's like a, a band a la carte. Hmm. You know, pick. Yeah. Pick from the weeds, the less, at least worse. <laughs> well, you didn't do that initially. No. Um, Come on, no. <laughs> let's. Uh, because I'm, I'm conscious of time, because I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been sure. talking for a while, haven't we? And I know you've got other stuff to do as well. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about is is um, going back to the the visual aspect of of all of this, and that's the heart ground. Because obviously, as as you and I discussed the other night, that was how I first had mm -hmm. any idea of your existence yeah, yeah. was through. Playing, and I think it was Hurricane Festival mm -hmm. in 2000. As I said to you, getting up in the morning off the bus, because uh, uh, I was there with my band, and going to merch mm -hmm. and looking, you know, just having a wonder, bleary eyed, just looking at everything and seeing the heartogram on a, on a shirt and instantly it resonating. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the visual representation of what we were talking about, about the two polarities obviously of, of intertwined yeah yeah um so this this is something that i'm glad has carried across it would it would be impossible not to have it as part of it because it's so intrinsically part of you i think yeah yeah and then we've, we did have the i remember the days before the dot com before websites for bands and all that stuff and, yeah. and uh, i always thought there needs to be hardogram.com like yeah. it can't be him music.com or him or whatever i always thought that Hardogram stands for something bigger than than us, you know. I don't know how to explain it. I've been sort of like 
cheekily pointing out that it's like a, it's like the Coca-Cola to him Sprite. And, yeah. you know, and maybe I'm the Dasani water, you know, the one that got cancelled. But you know what I mean, you know, so I, I feel that it's, and I found it, I, um, yeah, I found it, that was the right way to approach it. I didn't think that it's done by me. I didn't think that it represents the band. I thought that it represents an ideology and a vibe that is way bigger than the band. It's way more universal. And it's something that you don't have to like him to be able to like the symbol, but nor another band is allowed to use it. So that's a yeah. that's the sort of well. This is the thing dilemma. because it yeah. that that is the 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 power of of of, a, of a, an incredible piece of iconography and a sigil, as yeah. which it, as it is, yeah. regardless of whether you'd like to admit it, it very much is that I mm. think, and and that's what I find really interesting now is that. There is this new iteration of it, which makes perfect sense. But this thing also exists now, unfortunately, for all, for all, um, for all you've just said, that it's this thing that exists outside of, of the band and it is your creation and you own. It also now exists in popular culture. Mm. And you and I have discussed this a couple of times about how it now has found life beyond it, it now exists within this lexicon of of powerful symbols, and and people are just there's these new uh, a group of people now that are that would have had no idea of its initial um, where it was birthed or it, what it's connected to. I mean, we don't, we don't have to get into it too much if you don't want to. It, it reminds me of a symbol, how it got changed along the way. Wow, um, that's, that's a very, us. yeah, okay, that's a very extreme version of it. But yes, well, I hear what you're saying. I was just trying to see that lovely smile of you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, but the, um, I think, I, you know, I, I, I agree. Because I, it, I think that the, all, all those things should be taken as chance, <laughs> you know, uh, chances to find new interesting solutions and new, hopefully, uh, hopefully actually to get some people who would have never thought about listening to rock and roll to uh, find about what, what I do as well. Do you, do you think that'll happen? Or do you think, no, because I'm, I'm I mean, hoping. aside from, hmm. aside from the elephant in the room being bam, aside oh, right, from yeah. that, <laughs> poor no. choice of words. Uh, aside from that, there's obviously now, again, as we've discussed there, mm. you know, Trippy Red has the, mm. has the heartogram yeah, yeah, chain yeah. And, and Playboy Carti has it tattooed on him and has had mm. it in a video. And, mm. and as you told me, I didn't, he wasn't even aware that he's making merch with it on as well. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is, I find disrespectful. But you do know. you, but I agree. Hmm. But do you think now that what I'm trying to say is this exists now within popular culture as a thing outside of everything you've done, even though it represents everything you've done to a certain degree? But isn't that great? It's fantastic. It's, it's like hiding your own, uh, your, yeah, it's like a... But some, what I'm saying it, is it some is people like, don't make that. It's like Connection. Superman flashing public sort of thing. You do it so fast <laughs> nobody can see, but you're still doing it. You know, it's so very <laughs> me and it's so very personal. And indeed, what you said, it started from a really pure place in the little flat I lived in and incorporated all the ideas I have when I was 19, 20, you know, mm. so like. That's nuts as well. It, and that's the coolest thing of it. But it's mm. just like, and I don't have any problems with it being used 
you know, that people like it and use it somewhere, but I don't like the fact that people are making money off of it. Yeah. Because I do own the copyright for it, and it's, it's, it's my thing. I have to hold on to it. It's not, yeah. it's not free use. Mm. So, so yeah. at, at least give us some sort of, like, a shout-out <laughs> yeah. to a fan on occasion, you know? Yeah. No, I agree, though. But I, I, think I think it is yeah. also, like, as you said, it is something of a, of a doorway into a world that a lot of people might not be aware of. Yeah, sharing is scaring, I guess, something mm. like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is it is a doorway, and then then again, with this sort of like new found Zen mentality, I think those things have to be taken as challenges. They have to be thought as as, as problems that are made for them to be solved, and made for a you know like we're talking about purpose, you know things being there for purpose. So usually, there it seems that they are, because all you know all the suffering, all the poop we go through you know that they're, they're, they're there for whatever it might be you know some sort of progress towards whatever but it's it's very essential you know you know that was really american of me but uh, no no i know try, try again yeah it's complex it's um yeah also we have the things recording what we're saying so i have to be careful fine all right let's leave it at that no, and there's so always a part two you always get full-blown crazy because you know it'd be nice to go down those rabbit holes because yeah. you can find your, or we can find ourselves in this such cool, weird, and absolutely monstrous territory. Yeah, it's interesting, but it, it always takes time. All right, well, yeah. let's do. We can do that for sure. Mm. Um, and we don't need to record it. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just basically a, the regular chat we have. Yeah, like exactly. I was going to say that's kind of what happens anyway a lot of the time. Thanks for listening to episode 44 of Someone Who Isn't Me with Villa Vallo, one of my favourite humans on the planet. His debut solo record as VV is called Neon Noir and it's due out on January 13th, 2023, which as I record this on New Year's Eve 2022 is less than a fortnight away. Uh, Villa and I have been friends for some time now and have spoken about working on a project together for years, so I'm glad that his contribution to the forthcoming Bodies of Change records happened. Uh, and also acts as a signpost perhaps for future endeavours. And speaking of that, there's one thing I feel like I should clarify um, that I noticed whilst editing this episode. In So in the section where Villa's talking about hiring musicians for the touring band for this record, he says that he wanted the best of the best, and I made a comment along the lines of, that's not what you did initially. So to clarify... That wasn't me talking about him, obviously, all of whom are uh, incredible musicians, but was actually like a self-depreciating reference to the fact that after he'd put out the Gothica Fenica Volume 1 EP as VV, he and I were discussing whether or not this was going to be a touring project, and if so, who would be in the band. And he said that, uh, so along with two Americans who were due to play guitar and drums, he asked me to play bass. The pandemic forced shows further and further into the future and it meant that it just wasn't meant to be. Um, so that's what I was referring to. I wasn't throwing shade on the old band at all, just to make that clear. Anyways, as I said, this was uh, an enjoyable chat to have. And if it was something that you also enjoyed, please take a moment to rate the podcast and leave a quick review on iTunes. I hope that 2023 holds better things for all of us as we move forward into this current paradigm that we find ourselves in. And just remember, and it, this is a tough one, but 
try to remember not to let the oppressive forces that are constantly trying to subjugate and drain us get the upper hand because I feel like there's a lot of that happening. Find the people and the things that you love and embrace them and move forward with love and compassion. I am a hippie now and I am out. Peace. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.